Who cares about your team winning the Super Bowl when your team could win the offseason? My name is Danny Heifetz, and I host the Ringer NFL Draft Show with Danny Kelly, Ben Solak, and Craig Horlbeck. We cover trades, free agency, the draft, obviously. We cover quarterbacks, and there are a lot of good quarterbacks this year. And the teams at the top of the draft, Washington, New England, Chicago, big teams with big histories. Listen to the Ringer NFL Draft Show on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. back everybody to another episode i'm your host austin rivers this is off guard alongside me is my guy as always pasha hagigi what's up my brother i don't like when we're separated but here we are you already know that yeah yeah Who's but the, the the the, the uh, silver lining is i get to see you on tv on espn do your thing and i thought you did a really good job yesterday i, I the sweater was a little controversial it was out Listen, there a little bit i gotta be honest with you it wasn't my best because I like the sweater. It's a fire sweater and you can dress it up like that. I don't think the white collar was the answer, okay. but I went, it just, it just, it was just too much with all the white print already. And then white up here, I, th- I feel like I should have offset it with a little bit, maybe like Navy and went like a Navy route or something like that. Maybe like, I don't know, still would have been a lot. That's sure. It was a lot. It's loud on TV, but did anyone, did anyone on set say anything about it? Oh, everyone did. Everyone did. <laughs> yeah, I figured, I figured. I walked on. I walked on set, and Malika goes, "Wow!" <laughs> <laughs> but they liked it, though. Everyone thought I was different. I think they liked that I tried to do that. I did that the last time I was here. I had like an open button down with like the necklaces. I was just like, "I'm never gonna. I'm always gonna keep it nice and professional." I go, "But like, bro, if you you look at like the fan base of like who we're targeting to now, being on social media, like not that I dress for anybody else, but I feel like the way I dress can appease or appeal to a lot of different." You know uh, what that's, I mean? a, that's what I was going to say. I think I think you're getting out there to a different demographic. That and, you know, yeah, you're, just you're like a breath of fresh air to ESPN. Yeah, yes, yeah, I'm saying it's always suits, 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 suits. Like having again, Patrick Mc, uh, McPhee's a totally different uh, type of dude. But like he, the whole tank top thing. Like 
That's like that whole southern region, bro, the United States dog who like feels that. They watch that shit, man. Every fucking guy in Alabama Absolutely. watches Pat, Pat, loves Pat McPhee or, or Georgia or all these dudes. So it's just like, yeah, I'm trying to definitely uh, be one of like the first big anchors on ESPN to be like in the fashion type stuff because they've never had that before. You know what I mean? Dwayne Wade's over TNT. Maybe some of your takes, uh, people might not agree with them, but you're looking really good. And there all of a sudden, go, you're yeah. starting to make a little sense. Yeah. Funny when I look at comments and people are like, I usually don't agree with Austin a lot, but I agree with him on this one. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> the backhanded compliments that you'll get in it. Hey, it's so funny, man. Wow. I didn't know he was well-spoken. Like, oh, yeah. I can speak. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I saw one tweet. It was like, Austin's not bad at this media thing. Like... <laughs> The expectation must be really low. <laughs> it's just really, really, really low for the kid. Um, uh, it's so funny when they do that. You know what? When you actually think about it, he's actually had a pretty solid basketball career. I mean, look, McDonald's All-American, blah, 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 blah. You're like, pretty cool. I'm like, pretty cool. What the <laughs> fuck? If you had a son and he said, Dad, I want to play basketball. And in the future, I'm going to be the number one player in high school and a McDonald's All-American. I'm going to go to Duke and lead my team in scoring and be ACC Freshman Player of the Year. And then I'm going to go be a top 10 pick in the NBA and play 11 years. Would you be mad at me? What? No, that's, exactly. That's, that's so unbelievable. That's when you put it in perspective, bro. And that's just not me. That's every NBA player, bro. I saw like the ESPN and I love ESPN. That, they did a, who's a, who's a, who's a white guy for the, uh, Archie? Who's the guy for the Knicks? Archie Diakono? Uh, Archie yeah. Diakono. Yeah, Archie Diakono. They brought a stat. He's like, he's played like 22, 20 something games in a row and hadn't scored a point. Um, and I was just like, bro, this guy plays like a minute or two. He's not in there really to, to go score. You know what I mean? It's like, regardless of whether he's this type of pro or whatever, you know, this guy had a hell of a basketball career at Villanova, won a national champion. And we, we actually, we've actually talked about him before about, you know, when you're trying to fill out a roster and you're looking for the, you know, 12th, you know, 11th, 12th guy on a team, you're not looking for a guy to go get buckets because that's not what he's going to do anyways. You know what I mean? You're looking for a guy that's going to be there on time. And we've talked, we actually used him as an example. He's probably a hell of a guy, man. Probably gets along with everyone, doesn't cause any problems, is there early, and leaves late. When you talk about the 14th, 15th man on that roster, and it's a guy that's not going to play, exactly. You want him to be, and again, this is not why, I'm not discrediting Archie. I'm not saying he's in the league because of this. I'm just saying it is. it does help him that he's a good guy, and he's a professional, and he's a four-year guy, and went to college, and won a national champion, and, you know what I mean, he's a smart kid, from what I hear, what people tell me, and uh, a smart guy, I should say, he's not that much younger than me, but he, um, yeah. whatever. Yeah, no, that's dope. So, you know, everybody has a role. You know, knowing your role could change your life. So, you know, he clearly knows that and it's working out for him. One of the bigger things that happened when you were on ESPN yesterday, one of the takes that kind of clipped and went viral was you talking about Bronny. First of all, I, you know, every, anytime, you know, you talk about Bronny, I feel like it goes somewhere because, you know, you played for your father and he, that might be something that he might play with his father or against his father. And I really like what you said. You, you kind of took from your own experience and, um, you actually said some really nice things if you want to kind of touch up on that on the pod here. Yeah, um, I'll keep it short. But I, I don't think Bronny playing for his dad would be the worst thing. I'm not saying I'm like fully against it. Um, I understand how, how iconic that is. I remember watching highlight clips of Ken Giffey Jr. hit a home run after his dad just hit one. And that just doing a certain feeling, you get like a certain emotion from that. You almost get like emotional. When you watch videos like that of like a father son doing something great together, especially in professional sports, because that just doesn't happen. So I understand how cool it would be. That's not the question here. That's not what I commented on. People were in the comments like, I want to see it. It would be so dope. All time leading scorer, 
greatest player of all time playing with the Sun and the Sun makes NBA. You stop hating. I'm like, brother, I'm not hating. Y'all are thinking selfishly. You're thinking about what you think would be cool for your entertainment. I'm talking about what possibly could be best for Bronny and his basketball career and maybe his mental. I can't speak on all those things because I'm not him. I'm just giving you an opinion from the far. And I've been through a situation similar. I'm the only player in the history of the NBA to play for his dad in the NBA. So I do know something about that. And I know about dealing with good. It, listen, there's a lot of positives that came out of me playing for my pops. I think it was dope. Uh, we're going to have him on here soon. You know, obviously right now he's just starting the season and he's got a lot of things he's trying to figure out over there in, in, in Milwaukee. But, um, you know, so we'll be able to touch on that more. I want to save a lot of that for that. But in short, man, I've been through a lot of those things and I just want Bronny to be able to have his own path and his own career. And, you know, because his numbers don't scream right now to be drafted, I don't want him to be drafted to a team where his dad plays. And there's people completely say that he, man, you only play in the Like, I don't want him to, to have to go through that um, because so far he's handled everything so well. It's a kid that grew up in the limelight and has been targeted and been famous since he was born. You know what I mean? I talked about it yesterday. His first day of Instagram, he got a million followers. You know, they're LeBron James's son, bro. It's being like MJ's son, but with social media. It's, yeah. I mean, come on, man. He goes to USC. His dad plays for the Lakers down the street. There's a lot of dynamics here. He's already done it, and he's, he's handled it well. It'd be nice if he could, like, just go somewhere else and, like, kind of niche out a path. How cool would it be for him to play against his dad actually on the court? That's never happened either. So, you know, um, it, it would be dope. If I'm mistaken, I don't think it's ever happened. And even if it has, it hasn't happened at this level with a guy like LeBron. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's all. You know, I think it'd be dope for him to to be able to do his own thing too. That's all. I know. And there's so much pressure on the kid, obviously. And, I, you know, given his health issues, um, his previous health issues, we're, it's just it's awesome that he's even playing basketball, you know? And uh, I think right now it should be more focused on him just getting better, right? Being the best player he could be. And I just feel like, yeah, every day people are talking about him and LeBron. LeBron's free agency. He could opt out. He wants to play with Bronny. And, man, he just he's probably like, I just, I'm trying to work on my game. I'm trying to be the best player I could be, you know, and already like trying to pinpoint where he's going to go. So it's just the kind of pressure that nobody else has to deal with. And it's really tough. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's a unique situation. You know what I mean? It's a very unique, sensitive situation. And what I've learned is the media could propose it and talk about it. And as soon as it happens, some people will turn on you. It's all good and now until it actually happens. And he gets in the league over some player who averaged this, 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 and this. And someone starts talking. And the media starts doing this or he has a bad game and the, they start blaming Braun for c- controlling this and doing to it. I could, you could see it already. Ha- you know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, why for even, sure. why even possibly go through that? Like his son has been able to maybe not put up the greatest college numbers, but not everything's always looked at and dependent upon your numbers in college. Zach Levine barely played. Devin Booker came off the bench. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a lot of millions of examples of, of guys kind of being able to, uh, Jason Tatum was really, really good at Duke. But I don't even think people thought this was going to be like who he was, or maybe they had ideas. But he really opened up even more in the league just due to the style of play and how open the court is. And some people play better in the pros. So I mean, it, it, it's one of those things where he's been able to prove that he can play with top tier talent. He did it at the McDonald's All American Game. He did it at Sierra Canyon. He did it on his AU program. So you know, you probably put him in the league around really good players. He's that type of player to be able to play well, you know, around good players. And we talked about this before in a pod. So I'm not. Totally against him being in the NBA. He probably could play in the NBA. Um, so I just wanted to be on another team where he's validated. That way, he, he it's better for him. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Matisse Thibel averaged under 10 points a game and got drafted in the first round. So, you know, your college stats don't necessarily translate. A lot of guys average a lot in college, and then they come to the NBA, and they're, it's not the same kind of thing. So exactly. that's a good point, too. Um, and also, like, look at the look at the criticism that a guy like, you know, Thanasis Antetokounmpo gets when they're saying, you're stealing a roster spot. And look at that, you know, and they're, they're saying it's because of Giannis and this and that. It could be that kind of Yeah, like, bro, it's, you know, it's drama, brutal, bro. That, everything that guy does, people make fun of. Everything that Tenacious does, everything, he gets made fun of. With the exception of, like, his fashion. Sometimes he'll wear stuff that people like his clothes. But, like, in terms of him as a basketball player, people think that shit is, like, funny and shit. People don't remember that he actually played for a team before he played for Don, uh, for Giannis. So, yeah. I'm, 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 and listen, I'm not saying he's in the league because he's some, like, amazing player. I haven't really seen him play enough to be able to make that uh, judgment. What I can say is like, bro, he played for an NBA team before he played for the, the Bucks. So the fact that he was able to make the NBA, the like sorry talk is just like, it's comical, bro. Like the Nassus would come to your LA Fitness and look like Jesus. You know, <laughs> do you know what I'm well, saying, Well, definitely bro? my LA Fitness, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I LA look at my LA Fitness, yeah. Any, any, any LA Fitness anywhere, any, any gym anywhere. You know what I mean? He is a pro because he was one before he played for his brother. <laughs> Why would yeah. the Knicks give him a contract because he's Giannis' brother? What the fuck do they care? You know what right. I'm saying? So well, maybe, well, maybe they thought they had a chance at signing him. The other brother got signed by the Lakers, so you know these might have been different kind of plays too. I don't want to throw that out there, but no, no, no. People but I'm, think that. Yeah, but he obviously like listen. True or not true, he made it. He made a goddamn team in the NBA, man. And you know, again, the whole point of this is just to say this is what happened. So you just discredit everything. And I'm not saying he's still in the league because he's a great player. I don't know, man. We haven't seen him play enough, but. He got in the league before he played with his brother. That that counts for something. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, I think people just, they end up discrediting you and just forgetting everything. You know, and that's what they'll yeah. do with Bronny. And I just, I, I personally don't want that for him. So that's all, that's, that's all I was trying to say. But anyways, let's move on. You mentioned you mentioned your you mentioned your father's uh, situation with the Bucks right now. I actually got a message on Instagram the other day with somebody that's saying, you guys are afraid to talk about Doc and that he's been struggling. You guys are afraid. Well, Wrong. We're going to talk about it. We're not afraid. Um, yeah, whoever you know, said that is—it's only been four <laughs> games. We have to. What are you talking about? We have to at least we have to let some games go by so we can see and have something to complain about. You want him to lose two games? And be like it's terrible. It's not working. Like, bro, we did the same thing with the Clippers thing. We were like, yo, their lineup needs to switch, but we got to wait. And then now they're twenty-five and five over the last, you know, however many get thirty games. So they've been the best team in the NBA. That's because that's why you don't overreact. Because then you look like a you know an idiot. That guy, that reporter in Dallas, who like went on that huge rant and yeah. like absolutely like obliterated James Harden and was like talking all that crazy. It, this shit looks stupid now. Right. Um, now. And we'll get to the Clippers in a little bit. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to the Clippers in a little bit too, and how they're good they're playing. But we are going to talk about it. And the Bucks have been struggling. Um, listen, they have to find their identity. And I said this last night uh, on air. They have to find their identity. They don't know who they are yet. They haven't had that. They had a major um, roster change. They lost Drew Holiday and inserted a whole different type of player. Better offensively, but more complicated because Drew was so unselfish in the way Drew was able to, you know, he averaged 13, 14 points, 15 points. He was kind of okay being off the ball. And Giannis had like complete control. And then there's Middleton who could get some ISO stuff. It was simplified. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes... Yeah. The more better, you know, the better the roster is. There's only one ball. It does complicate things. So you add a player like Damian. This is a guy who averages 25, 26. Man, we're talking about a whole different thing here. So that that you have that dynamic. Then you you on top of that, 
you're having coaching problems within or people felt a certain way about Adrian Griffin's coaching, regardless of which, that's why we're obviously here. And then they fire their coach and get a new coach. It's a lot going, going around here. So they don't have any identity yet. It's kind of like when that Clippers had that part. They had, they had to go through that struggle to find, so they can come together and like find something that worked and run with it. And now they figured it out. The Bucks are going to have to lose some games here. I, 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 they might lose a couple more. Their schedule doesn't get any easier as they go back home. And, you know, that's, that's what I feel like they have to do. Giannis talked about it after the game. Pasha, he was like, I'm not worried. I go, we're going to figure it out. We're getting there. We're getting better. We're getting there. They'll, they'll figure it out. I don't think they're worried about losing to a, you know, the fucking Utah Jazz right now. Um, and also, the Jazz are a tricky team, too. Credit to them. Um, but they but do got to figure this shit a, out. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, that's, unless, a great point uh, that, that's a great point that you made, by the way. You, you know, when you, it's different when you know, a team like the Lakers still have LeBron and AD. They change some role players around, and that takes an adjustment, right? And you yeah, have to gel there. Look at them. You're they're changing, trying to figure that out. You're, you're changing the guys at the top. Yeah, you're changing you know one of the top it's pieces, one, yeah. bro. And they're like yeah. two different players, bro. Damian Lillard does everything that, that Drew Holiday like doesn't do, and Drew does everything that like Damian doesn't do. Drew is a great defender. Damian is not a great defender. Drew right. shoots threes, but like Dame's game is heavily predicated on quick, quick, early in the shot clock, you know, pull up three sometimes, step back threes, totally different game. He looks to score. Drew's more po- point guard oriented. Drew, uh, and, and Damian's just more lethal. And then obviously as a crunch time player, that's great. You know, he's one of the best crunch time players to ever play in the NBA. So they do different things, man. It's a big change, bro. And, all, and, and more importantly, like, Giannis has to figure out how to play with someone like that. He never has played with anybody like that. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, it's been, it's been so him, bro. It's like rebound, Giannis dribbles. Dri- you know what I mean? Like, this is his first time playing with a guy like that, especially a point guard like that. It's going to take time. And then, obviously, with the coaching change, now they have new plays. You understand that? They have to do, they have to, they're learning new sets midseason. This is stuff you're supposed to go through in, like, training camp and, like, iron right. out all those, like, rust. They're, they're getting a new sets. They're getting new defensive schemes. They're bringing in new assistant coaches. Like, bro, there's a lot going on in four days, five, six days of right. a week. It, it, Doc, like, Doc, went be... from, Doc went from like golfing in LA and, you know, doing some pods and, and, and announcing some games at ESPN, commentating on some games to he shows up somewhere. Yeah, he had a couple days. He didn't coach, you know, a couple games or whatever, but he's just getting to know people. And now he's just, they throw him in there and he's trying to coach. It's, it's just different. And he even said it. I wouldn't wish this on anyone, picking up a team midway through. And people made fun of that comment. I wouldn't wish this on anyone, but, what he was trying to say was, this is difficult to just try to, everyone gets a training camp. He doesn't. You know what I mean? No, that's, that's the point. Like, and that's why this season's not predicated. His, his future is not predicated on this year's success. Um, he'll have another year next year uh, after that. I mean, he signed a three-year deal. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. I'll say this, you know, with all this being said, and, you know, we're, get, we're giving the Bucks benefit of the doubt, as we should, because it's very early. Um, they do have to figure this thing out. It just there's there's just too much at stake in terms of payroll, and we're talking about some top tier players here. You know what I mean? And we, listen, they crucified the Brooklyn Nets. They always bring up that team about what they didn't do. This, this, is that. They crucified, you know, the Lakers team with Steve Nash and Dwight Howard, and you know, listen, even the Malone team with GP. They they weren't able to win. Um, you know. All those teams, all of them, all the big threes, the what ifs, the what, you know, they get, you know, the negative attention. If this team does not win or perform well or like go to, go to at least conference finals, you know, they're going to get that same energy. So, you know, the stakes are very high. So to pick that up midseason is going to be hard. It's going to take time. 
But uh, yeah, they have to perform. They got to play better. You know what I mean? They're going to have to figure this defensive thing out. They got to keep the ball in front. They got to coexist better. You know, more, you know, specifically Dame and Giannis. I don't know if that's pick and roll. I don't know if that's sometimes when Dame has it, you can figure out ways to have Giannis play the dunker because he'd be brilliant down there. And then when Giannis is doing his one-on-one thing, you know, Dame should be a player removed so the guy can't help. Using them to like put them in spacings where they can actually complement each other's game would be best. So it would, uh, we'll see. We'll see how it works. A game that we watched together before you actually went to LA was the Knicks Lakers game, which was an awesome game to watch Saturday night, primetime, Madison Square Garden. Um, LeBron was healthy. He played great. Jalen Brunson, uh, America's sweetheart right now, you know, him battling against those guys. And Knicks had some players missing, but that was an awesome game. After the game, LeBron had that Knicks towel, and Brian Windhorst said that was purposely done to put pressure on the Lakers. Do you buy that? It's tough. It's a towel. And, and each team has those towels. Like they have Knicks towels for you. Um, when you play at the other team's home home court, the way it was on his back though was nutty. I can't I can't deny that that logo draped around his neck like <laughs> it just 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 to see it, it just felt weird. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't know if it was purpose yeah. or not. He could easily just be having a towel over his back. Goodness gracious, this is how fucking popular this guy is. He puts a towel over his back and people lose their mind. They're like, what does it mean? <laughs> the hourglass? <laughs> what is he saying? What does this dude say? Who's who's getting traded? <laughs> and, and then, you know, they ask him about it, and, you know, he's, who knows what he said? You know? Oh, I was waiting on my Uber Eats, man. It's taking forever. I put the hourglass, like, you know, you, you can say, <laughs> say, you say whatever you want at that point, man. Um, complete, complete deniability with him. Complete deniability with him. He always yeah, leaves yeah, it hey, just. There's, there's a responsibility if you're LeBron, though, and you know, all eyes are on you, and you're the leader of the team, and one of the top two greatest players of all time. You know, if you tweet something, people are looking, people are going to dissect it. So, especially, especially in the weeks coming of the trade deadline, you put an hourglass. It's just nutty behavior. <laughs> it's just, and it, it, it caused so much emotion that you know each one of his teammates saw that that tweet and were like, absolutely. It's, uh, you know what, and there was a lot of rumors about LeBron that Rich Paul obviously already put to bed, you know, should he get traded? Should LeBron ask for a trade? Should the Lakers trade him? And people were saying that, you know, that would hurt his legacy. I have one rebuttal to that. If he does have a couple years left and he does want to win a title and the Lakers aren't the best place for him to do that, and people were like, that will hurt your legacy. I just feel like it's a new day. You know, you have guys like Lewis Hamilton just going to Ferrari. You know what I mean? He's the greatest driver of all time. And you see Messi switching teams and Ronaldo. And like, I just think it's not the day where you see a guy just on one team all the time. It's just a different age now, man. So would you be, a, would you think that would hurt his legacy if he went to a different team before his career ended? I know. I know. I, I think you make a great point. I think it is a different day. And I think on top of that, you know, you could say, this is also happening with a lot of guys who have already done what they've wanted to do. You know what I mean? Like Cristiano Ronaldo has, has, has done everything that he's wanted to do in the game of soccer already. So is Messi. You know what I mean? LeBron James has done everything he's wanted to do. Sure. Winning another one, what would that be? Number five? LeBron have five. Yeah. yeah. You know, getting five would be great. You know what I mean? It would be great. Uh, does it cement him? No, he's already done all that, man. The fact that he's in year 21 and this guy's like carrying a team and still like the best player on his team is nutty shit. He's already, he's already doing I mean, that. So did you see did, him last night against the Hornets? The, he's un the, the, unbelievable. He like unbelievable. The way he's just swinging around that damn rim like a goddamn, I don't know what that guy is. What the hell is he? Did you see him just dunking all over? Just fucking faking people out and Eurostep and just 
Just punch all over the place. Unquote, a quote unquote random drug test after the game. The guy looked like he was 18 years old flying around. Brother, was he was crazy. just just jumping around and swinging around the fucking rim and shoulder <laughs> shoulder fucking shrugging and motherfuckers didn't know what was going on. I was like, this dude is fucking 50 and out there just <laughs> just just punching all over a guy. Like, what the hell is this guy? He's already been cementing himself. So him going to another team is just comical, bro. Come on. People already regard him as a GOAT or second. It's already like unanimous at this point. Everyone knows that if you don't pull LeBron number one or two, you're absolutely just out of touch with basketball. And that's just right. a fact. When you guys put like, and I love Bill Russell, and I love Will Chamberlain. You cannot put these guys ahead of him. You can't put Kareem. You can't put none of them ahead of him. It's not close, bro. I'm sorry. It's just not. So him going to another team, no. That'd be dope. I, 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 if he goes to like the best team, that would be like, come on, bro. But I don't think he would do that. So you know, and if we didn't make I, such a big deal about you know little, you know ring chasing, like you know comparing him to Jordan, Jordan has six and he has four. Maybe maybe he wouldn't have to go switch teams or whatever and try to win a ring because everyone's just putting so much focus on the ring. By the way, keep in mind after Michael Jordan had his first three peat and retired, people called him the goat, and he had only three. You know, and guys like Magic Johnson and Kareem already had way more than him, but they still called Michael Jordan the goat. So now they're putting all this pressure on rings, and they're talking about that with Mahomes and Brady right now. Well, can Mahomes get the seven and catch Brady? For Mahomes to be the best of all time, he has to get seven rings, seven Super Bowls. Like, he has to get that. It's, I don't know, man. This, I just what, feel what like that's so unfair. What would this, this be, would be for three him? three if he wins Sunday. And he wins Sunday, bro. People are going to start being like, yo, this guy's already hunting. He's just so young, and he's hunting them down. I mean, it's every other year this guy's in the Super Bowl, dog. It's, it's so much so that, like, when he loses in the playoffs, you're like, damn, someone beat Patty? Like, it's like, you expect yeah. him to go every year. They're going to be back there next year, man. And Travis Kelsey's like the new Gronk. It's just all there. It's just they have Andy Reid as a fucking legend. They got they got the team is squatted up. They get every free agent like still wants to go there because they know they're going to the fucking you know to the bowl. You're going to the big show, or you're going to be in contention. Right. As long as you have that fucker back there slinging that 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 pigskin, your team is going to have a chance to be in the Super Bowl every year. It's like the Steph Curry. They talked about it earlier. You're like the Stephen Curry right now of like of like football, bro. Like this Warriors thing going. You you got your own little dynasty. He was like, yeah, you know, if I if I played. I can't even do his voice, but his voice is nuts. <laughs> Someone I, compared it to Kermit. For, the Kermit, Kermit that question was it, nuts. Kermit, He's like, can, can you do your best Kermit impression? He goes, I'm doing it. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> it's like this Super comedy. Bowl week, man. They, they have like two weeks, obviously, of like media and talking about it. So it is. So it is the, that that quote that guy said last year. Remember in the in the Super Bowl, he was like, they're like, how are you enjoying this? He goes, I don't like none of this. This is a bunch of bullshit. He goes, two weeks of media for one game. Like y'all doing too much. Let us play. He's like, this is just right. so overkill and it's all about money. It has nothing to do with us and our focus. It's just like nutty shit. But it's, it's yeah. part of the game, man. You, you know, you're trying to grow the game and expand the game. It's part of it. Dan Patrick recently was advocating for the Super Bowl to be on a Saturday so everyone could really enjoy it instead of, you know, having it on Sunday. It's the most watched thing all year and then everyone has to go to work Monday. Do you think that should be moved to Saturday? I mean, the teams already have it a would, bunch of days off. It, it, would be, it would be more convenient, I think, for, you know, the average fan. For the greater good of the fan. Yeah. To be able to have like a night and like have some drinks, watch the Super Bowl. People can go out if they want after, do what they got to do, house party, whatever, whatever floats your boat. And then be able to get some sleep the next morning and be able to cover to go to work on Monday. That's the thing about Sunday, man. Like people that party on that day, it's great, it's cool, whatever. But like you got to wake up Monday and have a productive week. You know what I mean? That's that's right. hard to do after a night of drinking and a headache and a hang, you know, hangover. You know, usually Super Bowl is synonymous with heavy foods and snacks and all type of stuff you know what i mean so it's just like 
and it's like a day thing. You don't just like start at seven o'clock. People Super Bowl day, like people drink it from like twelve p.m. till twve a.m. Maybe even maybe even after that. So yeah, it'd be cool. If they That's did a good it on point. A Super Bowl food is uh, pretty much always you know chicken wings and burgers, yeah, <laughs> and things like wings, that, and and pizza, and nachos, and, and uh, all type of shit, man. Like finger food galore. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No one's like, look at my egg white omelet for Super Bowl. But you know how it is. Um, speaking of the Chiefs, one more thing about that. We'll get back to basketball. Did you watch the Grammys? Did you see, you know, Taylor winning another one? And is she the GOAT? You didn't watch any of it? No, I did not. I didn't watch the Grammys. I didn't watch it. Um, some interesting winners. I saw that. I saw, you know, it's always controversial, though. But um, someone was like, yo, name me five Killer Mike songs right now. He goes, I want to know five Killer Mike songs right now. That is kind of nutty. Yeah. I love Killer Mike because he's you know he says a lot of great shit, especially for uh, you know our people. You know he's definitely an advocate, a very known and respected lyricist. So I guess I'd have to like you know I remember Kendrick Lamar one for the I album. Yeah, and I like, I that's, I never listened to that album. You know what I mean? Like it's just it doesn't really interest my ear. So it's like can be it's crazy like that one won, but like Good Kid, Mad City didn't win a didn't win a Grammy. You know about how, how to how to pimp a butterfly. How to Pimp a Butterfly, yeah. Did Good Kid Mad City win a Grammy? I don't believe sure. so. But that's how it goes, you know what I mean? So it's just like, it's 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 interesting. Um, and then Jay-Z obviously had the speech about uh, Beyonce. He was like, yeah, how does, how do you win like 20 Grammy and everyone album of the year? He's like, he's like that's kind of crazy. All right, I'll ask you then, do you think Jay-Z's the goat of hip-hop while we're on the subject? He's one of them. He's definitely one of them. I think the other, you know, you have Drake, who's in the conversation. Um, for my era in terms of like when I was in high school, you know, our goes Lil Wayne. Um, and then before that was probably Hove. And then after that was, you know, after Wayne was Drake, you know, I think it goes Drake, Wayne, Hove. Um, and then after that, you could put Nas in the mix. You could put Pac and Biggie and, you know, Eminem had a moment. There's like five or 10 goats, you know, and I think just to say one is crazy. It just all depends on what type of mood you're in. Um, but those are like the goats, Andre thousands in there. You know what I mean? Like those, those are the guys. In terms of respected lyricists, if we're talking about goats of music and just absolute catalog in terms of pumping out songs, I can't put Andre in there just because he hasn't made enough music, man. That was like the worst thing. It's the most frustrating thing about him. He's so great. Um, although his last album was just some nutty shit. That flute is just, I, the video of him just being on that flute is, I, I can't get it out of my head. It's nutty. I don't, it's just, just chowing down on this flute, just, just blowing music. I'm just like, what is, just nuts with like a you know with a washing machine in the background, some very artistic things going on. <laughs> some things that I have to like, I have to be in a different element to see. I think, um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'd probably put Hover Drake if I had to choose two, and then if I'm being greedy, I got to throw Wayne in there. Those are like my three: Drake, Hove, and Wayne. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. All right, so let's get back to basketball. The Clippers last night had 149 points in regulation against the Hawks. They're obviously, you know, you said a 25-5 in the last 30. Hottest team in basketball with respecting, obviously, shout out to the Jesus Knicks and Cavs Christ. and everything like that. But the Clippers are the hottest team for sure. Are they your favorites in the West? I know I ask you every week. I feel like it changes. You say the Nuggets. We had a Timberwolves little moment there. You never were really high on the Thunder. You have been high on the Clippers. Are they your favorite in the West right now? I think the Clippers are the best team, you know, right now in the NBA. Just the way they're playing currently. They're the best team in the NBA. Um... Will they end this season that way? Will they play like this in the playoffs? That's the question. Obviously, they're going to be judged in uh, the postseason. But, man, they've been impressive. And James fits like a glove. He alleviates pressure on the big two that they have. Um, so much so that if, you know, James probably played there from the beginning of the season right away and was having this type of success, he'd, he'd really probably maybe be on the All-Star game uh, or, or maybe got in as a, as a reserve if someone got hurt just because he's played extremely well with that team. And it just does fit. It works. They all three are able to balance. And then you kind of spear that off with Kawhi's been, Kawhi's been incredible. You know what I mean? My goodness. Yeah. He's having a fucking, he's one of those guys that can like sneak into this MVP race now that Joel's out. And that, that was, that's, that's beautiful. That was my next question for yeah. you. Would you mind, you know, if, you, if, if now that Joel looks like he's going to be missing, you know, significant time, if not the rest of the year, which is sad. Yeah, it's crazy. And MVP is kind of up. It's up for grabs for sure. Would it bother you this year if, you know, SGA or Kawhi won MVP? Would that bother you because maybe they weren't exactly the most dominant player in the NBA that year? Would you look no, back and no, say, no, no, that's kind of a weird you, MVP? No, no, no. Because you could do that about anything. You know, uh, there's so many instances where, like, guys become an all-star because a guy got hurt. Or we talked about that last time. Or, you know, uh, even a team having success, beating a team in the playoffs because the other team's key player had hurt. I mean, some of the Warriors runs, like... I remember they had one championship in particular. Like every every series, the start starting point guard was hurt. Like the first four rounds, you know what I mean. Right. But like that's not the Warriors' fault. It's just it's just how it works. The, the Raptors won a championship because Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson got hurt. Man, now does that championship not count? You know what I mean? No, it absolutely counts. If people remember the run that they were able to go on, it's like things happen in sport. The fact that you're in the MVP race, whether someone gets hurt or not, to win that award, man, there's still 300, 400 plus other guys in the league, man. So to, to if even if one guy goes down, to be the other guy that wins, that's fucking remarkable. I mean, you had to be yeah. I, I mean, think about the players in the name: Steph Curry, LeBron, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Anthony Edwards. Uh, uh, you name it. The list goes and goes and goes. To win MVP out of that list, bro, you got to be a bad motherfucker, bro. You got to be a yeah. cold, cold blooded assassin, dog. So no, I think the award is still as prestigious as ever, even though Joel's out the race with his injury, which sucks because he was a favorite and probably was going to win back-to-back. So, which has been a theme we've seen as with, with dominant players as of recent times. It, you know, Steph Curry back-to-back. And then, you know, Giannis went back-to-back. And, and then Jokic went back-to-back. And then Joel Embiid was about to go back-to-back. It's, it's kind of been right. interesting to see that. Um, 
So, yeah. So Woj tweeted out today, which he normally is tweeting like breaking news or something like that. Today he tweeted some stats and he was tweeting Kawhi stats. And he said, over the last 30 games, obviously they've been 25 and five, like we mentioned. Kawhi's averaging 26 uh, points per game, 57% from the field, 51 from three, 92 from the free throw line. Now, how cool would it be that in a year where they made all these rules for load management to stop load management, uh, if you want to win an award, that Kawhi, the guy that they probably was one of the main reasons why they made these rules, the big load management guy, he goes out and wins MVP <laughs> that year. <laughs> that would be insane. It, it would be mission accomplished by Adam Silver. <laughs> Again, we've already right. you know discussed that we don't agree with the rule. You know what I mean? Uh, but I, I have an understanding of why Adam Silver did it. Yeah. We, we talked about that last pod. This is a result of all the BS we have seen with players over the years that was identified as a public as player power. This is the result. You know, I'm not saying it's wrong or right. This, I'm just saying this is the kickback. Um, they put rules like this in place. So now you got guys like Tyrese Halliburton and Joel Embiid susceptible to not being an MVP or being penalized for all NBA teams due to their health which is unfair because they can't control that. So, But it is what it is. And to have this type of success with Kawhi, the claw, in his first year after he's been, you know, obviously notoriously absent in his previous years, that would be pretty dope, you know what I mean, for him to go out there and win MVP. And he's playing unbelievable right now in front of the Clippers. Uh, he looks like vintage Kawhi. It's good to just see that in general, you know, forget the MVP race. It's just good to see the Clippers are competitive like we wanted them to be. Um, they got better. They had a clean house. Other than that, yeah, I just feel like they just they cleaned up things. And obviously, they got James and brought in some real, real talent. Kawhi is playing back at an MVP level. They're dangerous, man. They're the best team in basketball currently, right now, in terms of who's the hottest team. That you know, obviously, the Clippers are. Okay, so my follow up question to you is: If Kawhi does win MVP this year, add it to his resume. You know, two titles, two different teams, the Defensive Player of the Year. If he gets MVP. Do you have him over Kevin Durant all time? Because that's something Kevin Durant has over him right now as an MVP award. And he's pl- how many more games has he played? I'm not sure, but does that factor in it for you? Yes. He's played more games. How many more points has he scored than him? Are they even close? I don't think so. I when you look at it, I thought when you look at it, you look at things like, you know, obviously all-star appearances, Kevin Durant has way more, but you look at you know, I, the awards brother, and titles. If we're talking individual greatness or we're talking who's been able to, you know, help a team lead better and win, two different things, in my opinion. I think it's hard to, like, just look at someone in the championships like, better player. I think Kawhi, you know, if he wins another championship or if he wins an MVP, you know, it definitely would make that argument real. It's just hard for me to put him over Kevin Durant. He's just been great every year he's played. He's played usually just about every season. With a few seasons, he's had some injuries. But for the most part, he's... I feel like he's played a lot more games than Kawhi, a lot more All Star appearances. Right. I don't, and I don't mind you. I don't mind you rewarding and, someone for their I, longevity. Yeah, I think he has thousands more of points than Kawhi. Thousands more. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, so, but yeah, there's an argument there. I mean, especially if Kawhi wins another one, the difference is like Kawhi winning championships has he's always been the best player in that damn team. Yeah. Even even the Spurs team, he was probably the best player. Maybe not. Yeah, that's a tough one. Was. That's a tough one. That 2014 team was, at a, you know, as long as I've been alive, that 2014 team was the most balanced, you know, playing together like team that was ever won a title. Um, you, you know, it's like the 04 Pistons. Like, who was the best player on that team? Was it Ben Wallace? Had the biggest impact? Was it Chauncey Billups? You know, making the big shots. Um, 
was a guy that steady like Rip Hamilton. It, you know, in that 2014 Spurs team, I don't know if Kawhi was the best. I know he got MVP of the finals, but it's it was such a collective effort. But the Raptors, that run, like you said, sure, there's a little asterisk by it if you want to put it there, but he was the guy. You know what I mean? There was no doubt about it. Yeah. And, I mean, to do it again. And that's the thing we always talk about, with, you know, it's missing with KD. If KD goes and wins a championship where he's the best player, you have to give him, he's got to go do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, all right, I want to get into I want to get into a little Warriors talk. Um, so they they lost to the Hawks. Steph had sixty, and then they won last these, night. These you know when they win, if they lose, right? Even if they win or lose, by the way, it, there's still a little drama. Clay didn't finish the game. You know, he was asked by reporters after the game about it. Um, he said obviously it hurts him. So it seems like with the Warriors right now, you know, even if they lose or win, you know, there's always a little drama there. What do you think they should do with Clay? Should they move off of Clay and give him an opportunity somewhere else? <sighs> I don't know what his value is right now with an expiring contract. I don't, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I'm glad I don't have to make that decision is what I could tell you. Uh, you know, my goodness, this has been, it's tough, man. Listen, man, Bob Myers left for a reason and, you know, call it what you want. This was coming. This time was coming. And that's just father times undefeated. I know guys like Steph and Katie and LeBron defy science and how they've been able to play at their age and, Yada yada yada, but everybody else's decline kind of looks like this, especially after you when you count all the injuries that Clay's had, right? Uh, in saying that, that's not to say that Clay still can't go somewhere and, and and flourish and have some more years of great basketball. That guy could still shoot the basketball. It'd be silly to you know to to question Clay. How many times has he had rough seasons and rough starts and then been able to click or have big game sixes or big stints in the playoffs? I've just seen it too many times before. So I don't think his elite days of playing basketball are over. I don't know if he'll ever be like prime play, obviously, again. I, don't, I think we've seen that. That's, that. Those days are done. But he can still be a hell of a player. This is a guy who's a couple years removed from winning an NBA championship with Steph when they beat Boston. And he was a big key piece of that team that won. So it's silly to question that now. But the success is not there. He hasn't been able to play well. It seems like there's just a lot of negative attention surrounding that and people trying to pick at it. It would be kind of nice if he was able to just kind of go somewhere and just start over and be fresh. Um, I don't know what his trade value is, so I don't know what the Warriors can get for him. I also don't know what Draymond's trade value is. Like These are guys that like you have to look at of moving off of. And then you have to ask yourself, how much better would they get without them and what can they get for them? And is it worth it? Does it really give Steph a chance to, to win? Are we still building a team around Steph? Or are we still going to build a team to best benefit the Warriors organization. So two different things. If it was the best short thing term for the Warriors, versus long-term. short-term versus long-term, what are we doing here? If short-term, Steph Curry is a, war, you know, is, a, is a Warriors legend, the greatest Warrior player of all time, one of the greatest players of all time, greatest shooter of all time. He's won four championships there, and he's the head of the snake in terms of this dynasty. You can't trade him. You would probably have your house burnt down, right? So you, and obviously, Steph's still an elite player. He's one of the best players in the NBA still, all-star in the Western Conference. You keep him, but because so, and because he's still trying to win a championship and you have to appease by this great stature of a player, you have to, otherwise you don't, they'll, they'll, they'll castrate you, you'll be, you're out of there. So because so, you have to get rid of Jordan Poole because it's not working with the Draymond. So now you find yourself here where like you're not performing, you have this team that you doubled down on, Kaming is a stud, but you, you, you're not going that way, you're still, it's, everything's around Steph. And Kaminga's a stud through a different way. 
he plays through like ISO basketball. It's not the same flow as like the, the that last team that involved ball movement. Like Kaminga gets points the new gen way. So it's yeah. just like it, it's it's an interesting dynamic with them. That's why they're not playing well. And they're stuck in a situation like, what do we do? Do we trade even first off, do we trade tra- uh, guys like Draymond and Clay and Wiggs? And if we trade for them, first off, all three, their their lowest in terms of value has never been more than right now. Wiggins isn't having his greatest season. Clay hasn't had his greatest season. And Draymond has obviously had his issues. And, you know, if, even if you look at his performance, it's not been top tier, which we're used to seeing from all three of those guys, right? Not to say that they can't do it again. Not to say that next week they won't snap on and Clay doesn't get hot and start hooping. I've seen them all do that. They're fully capable. But as we currently talk right now, that's where it's at. So it's, do we trade them? And if we do, at their lowest, what do we get back for it? Is it worth it? And then the last important question is, what are we trading for? Are we trading for assets around Steph? Or are we trading for young players and picks? Are we trying to rebuild with this Kaminga kid that we still have? And like get young and go this way and Steph has to be a part of that and let's see what happens? Or are we still building try to get all these assets around Steph. I think the ass, I think they're still trying to build around Steph. So if that's the case, you've got to see what's out there. I just don't know if right now is the right moment. Their, their, their value isn't great. I'd like to see Clay have a strong second half of the season, see if they can go in the playoffs, make a little bit of noise. Maybe Draymond plays better. And then now their values are a little bit differently. You re-sign Clay and maybe he's a tradable, maybe at a friendly contract. I, I don't know these. That's it, man. Do you see all these dynamics I'm talking about? Like, this is insane. Like, it's a I very it's, listen, it's a very it's a very tricky situation, right? Because they do play, you know, the rookie uh, Pajemski. They play obviously Kaminga, who's been one of their better players as of late. They have these young guys. They're trying to maximize Steph's last couple years, right? And they're kind of caught in no man's land, like you said. Obviously, they owe it to Steph to try to maximize these years. Does that mean getting off of Kaminga? Um, but it <sighs> it it only works. It only works if you get back something that's actually going to help Steph. Otherwise, you are gonna mess up the future for the Warriors so mess up it. listen they've man. already they've already started my thing is double down because you've already started it you got rid of Jordan Poole if they went the other way what if they traded Dre and Clay and Wiggs for players earlier before the season started and got a whole bunch of picks and young assets and they had Kaminga and Poole and all these new top 10 because you, you could have got some heavy picks before the season started their values were still high enough to wear those type of guys along with Wiggs you could have got some serious young talent or like some picks, some good future first round picks, um, maybe even some lottery. Like that type of energy with a Kaminga, with a Jordan Poole who's still under Kerr and is still next to Steph, learning how to play the right way, all these things. Like that whole dynamic, you would see like brighter days ahead in the future. I don't know if you're winning championships right now. And these are Steph's last best, you know, uh, you know, these next four or five are going to be Steph's last greatest years so that's the issue right now it's a complicated dynamic i don't personally know what the answer is i think you double down i guess you've already started it but it's like yeah. yo getting rid of camingo would be silly it's got to be something yeah. that I, I don't know what's on the trade market even to warrant that it'd have to be someone that's like yo this is a great would you would you do it for would you do it for a team like chicago's gonna lose demar this summer i think they should rebuild even though they're they just refuse to would you do it for like a demar the Rosen type of guy? I don't think he fits in the, the Warriors, man. There's a heavy three, you know, shooting team, ball movement. DeMar's more of an ISO mid-range guy. I don't know how much that fits. Remember when D'Lo was there? It was just awkward. D'Lo shoots a lot of mid-ranges. It's just a weird dynamic. Um, yeah. You know, a lot, not a lot of guys fit that system. You know, listen, if they really wanted to trade Kaminga, they already would have. That Pascal Siakam was in talks with the Warriors. 
Kamingo was one of the guys that they wanted. And like the Warriors, were like, we're not really trying to give him up. So like, this isn't a guy yeah. that I don't think they're really actively wanting to trade. Cause I think they're also, you know, they're, they're, they're wary of the situation. They're aware. They understand like, yo, we see where this is headed already. We were seeing it with kind of clay and Draymond and even Steph who's older. You know what I mean? Obviously he just had 60. He's still ridiculous, but like you understand what I'm saying. You can see where it's headed in the future. Do we give up this kid, man? Like we already gave up Jordan. Like this, this guy's a stud. You know what I mean? Kaminga is the real deal. Yeah. Like, so it's just like, right. it's, it's tough. I just, I, I don't know how it would work. I just think Clay Thompson would be great on a team. Listen, there's a bunch of teams that Clay Thompson, we said the Miami Heat, a bunch of teams that would, you know, he'd he's be, not he'd be, done. He'd, no, no, he's not fucking done. That's ridiculous. That's what I said. I think, I think he's I, just, I think he's just done I think there. I, that's, I think there's a, I, that, I said that in the beginning. I said, it's sad to think that because he's built such a dynasty there. But like, if I'm Clay, like, bro, go have a fresh start somewhere else. Go hoop. Bro, you've been in, you've been in one yeah. team your entire career. You are a legend, man. You won four rings there, bro. Hall of Fame. You're going to have your jersey in the Raptors. Cool. You got everything that you want there. Right now, it's not working. You're not finishing games. They got some young talent. They're already having you, they're having you constantly in trade talks. Unless you can get a deal back there again, which, I, again, I can't be mad that he wants to stay in place, one place his entire career. That'd be dope. So if he gets that, if he gets another deal there this summer, kudos to him. But right. if he gets an offer to go somewhere else, go hoop. And yes, he will get offers because like people still know and believe that Clay could go somewhere and have a huge year and be a good piece somewhere. One thing I wanted to bring up to you before we close out the pod. Um, so I'm watching how Dennis Smith Jr. was has been reinventing himself in the NBA, right? He's a really good defender and he's kind of found, you know, a good situation where he's playing a lot of minutes again and, you know, things look bad for a while, but he's back in. And I'm thinking about a guy who's you know, highly touted out of high school, uh, you know, ACC, one and done, top 10 pick, very similar to you. And, you know, different points of their career, though, you have to reinvent yourself. And how hard is that to, you know, obviously they, you know, he came to the NBA, they thought he was a very like Steve Francis type of player. That's what they thought with Dennis yeah. Jr., right? And now yeah. he's, he's reinvented himself into this lockdown defender. He's getting a lot of, you know, credit for that, a lot of praise. How tough is that? And what's that like when you have to kind of swallow your pride and kind of just, you know, just impact the game on a different level maturity understanding who you are is essential having just a big enough ego to believe you're great at something but humility to know you could be a lot better at something and understanding who you are and where you fit in it knowing your role can change your life knowing your role can change your life you know i've seen i've heard a lot of people say that and it's absolutely true guys have the ego just because of how social media is, what we praise in the media, we praise stellar play, all-stars. That's who gets the attention, the big money, the this, the that, the fame, the glory, the whatever, right? Everybody wants to be that. What certain guys understand, the smart guys understand is, if I perfect and star in my role, I could get paid very well and do all those same things. Maybe not that that level, but at just high enough level, a role player in today's day, if you're really good at it, you make all-star money 10 years ago, <laughs> five years ago. You got role players signing $90 million contracts, $100 million contracts, all right? Knowing your role could set you and your family up to live the rest of your life in a way that you've never imagined. Uh, knowing your role, and that's in all aspects of life. I don't give a fuck if take the money out of it. Knowing your role can make you happier and make you excel at something. Sometimes taking a step back means you could take two steps forward in a different direction. Even though you never perceived it being as prestigious as that, that other step you're taking it back from, it can lead to you being great at something that gives you self-fulfillment and makes you understand where you're good at to where you actually end up feeling better than you ever would have trying to be that what you were before. And 
there's no knock on Dennis Smith Jr. not being an all-star or a star. Okay, cool. It's actually more credible that he was not able to do that, was out the league, still worked at it, stayed in shape, got back, found a new role that he could perfect himself in as a defender because he's a freak athlete and have an impact, and he's been able to do that. And in doing so, he makes millions playing in the NBA. And his ego would have had his ass on the fucking streets and on social media making videos, you know, doing whatever God knows else these other guys do. That's what ego does. It kills your career. It kills your potential. Ego does. Sometimes knowing your role unlocks a whole different type of potential in a different direction that you never knew was there. It's essential. And that's to people in all different sports and in all aspects of life, man. Knowing your role and being okay with it and thrive in it. You don't have to be the best or the greatest. Be your best and be okay with that and be happy in that. Be confident in that. I think it's dope that he's doing that. I, I, I had to do it myself, similar route. Had to alter my game. Um, and you have to deal with the stupidity and understand that that stuff's just noise. Uh, you know, that guy only averages five points a game. He's weak. Brother, he shoots three, four times a game. He's playing a role. He plays in the NBA. Trust me. If he was on a team and the coach told him to go shoot 15 times a game, his numbers would improve. Don't get it twisted. Guys in the NBA's numbers are everything situational. Everything is for the NBA. It's right. all situation. It's all situation. So to be okay with your situation and star in it, no matter what it is, and make a career out of it is admirable and smart. People don't, on the outside don't get it. They're going to be like, oh, you're weak. You average six point. Bro, I could average 15. I'm, trust me. I could average 14. And I give you 50. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? It, but it's just like, absolutely. that's, that's the, yeah. it's, it's, it's like an adapt or die situation, right? Like he could have, and you, you're the same way. He could have, you guys could both have said, no, this is the way I play. Where in high school and college, I was this guy. And this is what I wanted to be. And you could die on that hill. Or you could change, right? Become something different. And, you know, lengthen your career. You know, your last few years in the NBA, you were something completely different. You know what I mean? And you wouldn't have got those years if you didn't become better at defense, accept your role. You know what I mean? Those years wouldn't have even happened. So yep. it, it, it's just, you know, it, it, 100%, I love it. And, you know, obviously his, him flourishing on the Nets had a different role. Kudos to Dennis Smith Jr., man. Good for you, bro. Yeah. And um, so I wanted to bring up one more quote. Uh, LeBron talked about how his advice to the new generation and how you shouldn't focus on the bling and the cars and everything like that and focus on loving the game and all that other stuff will follow. Uh, I know you agree with that. And then people obviously came at LeBron. Well, why do you have this car in this house? But he said it, it, he's going to get that later on, but it's all about putting the game first, right? Just because you have it doesn't mean you value it. You know, he said that quote. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, you, you had a Hummer at age 17 on 26s. <laughs> yeah. He was like, yeah, but guess what? I balled out, didn't I? Which tells you I was focused on what? I never, the fact that I had it that early and it never mattered enough to me to distract me tells everything to his point. He, that, that's the case of the right message, right messenger. People are like, oh, you're the wrong messenger. You, 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 had, you got money and I, you had this. And he still became the greatest of all time or arguably, whatever you want to call it. That tells you that that stuff never has, it never has mattered to him, ever. That doesn't mean he's not going to enjoy the fruits of his labor. The guy's worth over a fucking billion dollars or he will be soon enough. I think he's made over that or grossed over that, but I think he's probably worth like 500, 600. I don't know what the guy's worth, but he'll, he'll be there soon enough, right? This is a guy who could buy anything. That stuff has never bought. Look, how, look what he's doing in year 21, man. He's in unbelievable shape. The guy was an orangutan last night in Charlotte, just <laughs> all over the God place, just fucking hanging on the rim, dunking on people, goddamn swinging left and right, 
fucking uh, shoulder shrugging his way around the damn court, no look passing. That shit is ridiculous. You don't do that at year 21, at age, what is he, 30, 38, 39? 39. 39 years old? 39. Without focusing and putting everything towards your craft to even be in that level of shape and have that level of agility and athleticism at that age, right? He's a freak. And you have to attribute that to his his focus. And a lot of these kids these days, especially, in, you know, I think he's just, fuck the NBA. I think he's more, you know, specifically talking about this college and high school days with NIL money. These kids are making right. hundreds of thousands of dollars. Some of them are even making a couple mil. And it changes the way they, they the hunger is not the same. When we, when we grew up, we didn't have none of that. The only way you got paid is if you made it to the top, top. So but if you, you, paid, you made it to were, the league. When, when you were at Duke and NIL was around, I mean, you would have made I, I, close I, to a million dollars. I, I, I probably would have made close to a million dollars. And that, that last name stuff matters. You know, Peyton Manning's son, or, or, or not son, his cousin or nephew, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, just having the last name Manning. He's a, he's a backup quarterback. He didn't even play, and he made him over a million and two. So, you know, with the Rivers' last name and then me being the number one player in the country and then leading Duke and scoring my freshman year, I probably would have got some money, and I thank God I didn't. Because how would you have been? And be on, I want you to be honest right here. The moment of honesty. Well, I never, how would I never, you? the first, I would, it wouldn't have mattered. The first time I ever drank, uh, the first time I ever drank alcohol was my second year in the NBA. Like, I, I wasn't a partier. I, I, uh, I've never really been, you know, obviously I drink wine and shit now, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not a big, I don't like to go out. When Coach K's yelling at you and you're still living off that, you know, student union food or, you know, you're in your dorm or whatever and you're still, you know, whatever, you know, I don't know, eating those $5 footlongs from Subway. I don't know what you're doing. Isn't it a little more like you're listening versus those kids that are making, you know, 500, 600K and the coach is yelling at you and you're like, you're making more than your parents ever did? Listen, I could see why some kids would feel that way. If you're talking me, you know, specifically, no, I, I would not, that would not do anything to me. A, uh, let me say something very privileged. I came from it. So the amount of money I've been making, whether it's a mill or two, I've seen it done at a higher level, close up, and I wanted that. And the only way you get that is going to the fucking league. Second, in terms of hoop validation, you got to go in the league and go get it done. So me getting some money in college, and what, I would have been like, this is cool. I guess this is what's supposed to happen. I've always felt that. Everything I got in high school, I'm like, well, this is supposed to happen. I'm the number one player. This is supposed to happen. I'm supposed to do this. I haven't done shit yet. I used to tell that stuff all the time. So, um, you know, I didn't want to just be known for being a guy that played in the NBA, you know, in high school and never like got to the NBA, you know what I mean? Like that, that was never right. the goal. So, you know, uh, but I could see how some of these kids, man, they get paid and like, yeah, that, 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 you know, the apple of the eye is different. You know what I mean? It changes. You have some money in your pocket. It's very important. So I think people got lost in the message. You can't say anything these days about people picking it apart and having something wrong to say. Um, the fact that, he said that point and people, well, you had, that's the whole point. He had it and just never cared about it. That's why he is who he is. Uh, so yeah, it's a great comment by LeBron. Yeah. And you know, Jason Tatum recently said one regret he had uh, was that he didn't ask Kobe enough questions while he was still around. Mm. You know what I mean? And get more advice. And now LeBron's trying to give people advice, put the game first, you know, respect the game and forget about yeah. the other stuff. And then obviously there's a lot of just like hate on Twitter about it. So he, I mean, the guy, the guy's telling you, he's giving you the advice, giving you the blueprint. All right. Well, that wraps it up for this episode, man. Uh, great to be back this week. We'll have another episode, obviously following later in the week. Please do not forget to like, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, the off guard podcast. Uh, as we continue to build this out, we need y'all's help to continue to do so. 
Uh, appreciate the love. Got a lot of exciting new things coming in the future. Guests, topics as we hit this trade deadline. It's going to be interesting as we get to Thursday this week and later on uh, just to see what happens, see what moves are made before this deadline happens. So we'll see y'all later in the week. Y'all be easy. Y'all be safe. Pasha and I are out. <laughs>